This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Life Beats and yes, it is now time to talk all things entertainment, art and culture with the one and only Said Said. Welcome back to the show, man. Hey there, how are you? <laughs> I am very well. It seems People just can't get enough of the new Aladdin movie. This is crazy. It's uh, breaking the box office expectations. Uh, you know, that the stars are out in force uh, everywhere. You've been doing your own interviews with them, which are now released uh, on the Nationals website, which is quite interesting. Uh, there's so much to say about this film, not only because, you know, of course, it was the iconic 1992 animated feature that we all grew up with and loved. Uh, but there's a lot to kind of think about in terms of how they've turned something that's old into something that's really fresh, exciting, and new. Mm. Uh, yeah, and you're right. And the thing is, um, I think a lot of it, a lot of the goodwill now that's um, shown to um, this new version of Aladdin, ironically, it becomes it came from the fact that people had very low expectations. Yes, about true. you know this film. You know, I mean, as soon as they heard it, they're like, oh, dear, I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> it's and true, because you think, yeah. Guy Ritchie, what the hell? What yeah, on earth yeah. is happening here? And, not, and not, don't, don't forget, Guy Ritchie directed um, the um, Conan, you know, the last, yes. yeah, so, so, sorry, King Arthur, you know, the last film, and that was a tank. So, I mean, so there was a Guy Ritchie thing, like, oh, dear. And then there was, like, even Will Smith, mm. oh, how's that going to work? He's not Robin Williams. And then to top it off, there was that um, controversial trailer that first look at the film, and the CGI was kind of all out of whack. So, essentially, it was just, you know, people had really no expectations. So, so the thing is, once people heard that not only the film, you know, was good, but that it wasn't even a disaster. <laughs> they came out. And and what you're seeing now is basically, and, and I had this conversation with so many friends. Have you seen Aladdin? It's surprisingly good. You know? <laughs> so, you know, so you see more and more people going to the cinemas now from this word of mouth because, you know, a friend told them that, you know what, don't worry, this, this will not ruin your memories of the original film. Right, right. It's, it kind of stands alone, uh, as it were, you know, as a film that is, is really being dubbed, you know, as a, as, as a, a matinee-style music musical feature, um, which is, you know, really fabulous and fun and kind of perfect timing for Eid as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, the thing is like, you know, the Disney films, you know, they, I mean, they've been having a hit and miss lately. And I think, I mean, the first, the, the first of these live remake action films, I mean, the first film that kind of started this whole Disney craze of just making live versions of their animated films was Beauty and the Beast. Yes. If you remember a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was fantastic because yeah, because that film was kind of traditional. They had that matinee flavor. You know, the the following films kind of try to get a little bit too cheeky. You know, mm-hmm. so I so I think what Aladdin's success is because it's kind of stayed true. Aladdin's thing was similar to what Beauty and the Beast, what Beauty and the Beast did, which is kind of make a traditional matinee-like something for the whole family. No need to update it. You know, there's no Twitter jokes or whatever. You know, it's just a, you know, it's just as um, honest to goodness, good old-fashioned movie. 
Talk to us about, you know, you spoke to Guy Ritchie, the director. Uh, he did, of course, the Sherlock Holmes films, which I quite enjoyed, actually. I like those. Um, but, you know, how did he manage to do that? What was he? What was his thought process and his thinking uh, behind working on this? Well, the thing is with Guy, like, you know, I mean, if you look, you know, at his um, filmography, I mean, a lot of his films, you know, are, you know, um, it started off with kind of crime capers. I mean, each film's kind of getting a little bit bigger and bigger. So it started off with kind of small little London-based crime capers. Yep. And then there was kind of Sherlock Holmes, which was a little bit bigger. And then there was The Man from Uncle. And then, you know, so each film that he was kind of doing was getting bigger and bigger. He was working with a bigger palette. And, you know, and I asked him, actually, uh, when, we, when he met in, in Amman, in Jordan, and he was discussing that, you know, he said, look, a lot of people think this is a, as a surprise. Price, um, directing a Disney film. He said, he said, listen, I have five kids. You know, because I have five kids and my wife is a Disney file. I've been up to my earballs in princesses and Disney for the best part of like 15 years. So I know that world very, very well. You know, that is so, hilarious. Yeah, I love and, that. Yeah. And basically, he said all that he wanted to do was just kind of just kind of updated visually. I mean, he said he didn't want to mess, you know, with that wholesome formula that, you know, Disney yeah. film are known for but just in a way put his own spin to it and his spin and 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 his and it's just kind of making him more updated even the choice of his cast like he wanted will smith straight away to be the genie and interestingly said when i when i spoke to will smith i said listen i don't want you to be Robin williams i don't want you to be you know somebody different i just want you to be you you know, and that's yeah. why I was saying, and, and and if you notice, Will Smith's character was just basically just Will Smith when he's doing interviews, right, just right. very kind of easygoing. <laughs> exactly, and that really is the key because nobody, nobody, nobody can top Robin Williams uh, in any of his roles, let alone as the genie. I mean, you know, it's one of the reasons why we love the original as well. But what I love uh, about what you've done with this side is uh, you've kind of analysed uh, all of the references that uh, take place in the original and the new remake as well, thinking about it from a cultural perspective. And, you know, th- there were c- quite a few kind of racist tropes that some of us maybe were too young and had missed in the original, uh, but actually they really thought about it. It was much more thoughtful in this film. So talk to us about that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, as much as we love the original 1992 version, you know, um, of the film, the animated film starring Robin Williams. I mean, that film was quite problematic in terms of the way mm. that it, um, you know, perceived, you know, um, perceived the region. There was a lot of stereotypical references, you know, quite racial uh, to references, you know, to you know, to the Arab world. I mean, it was, I mean, it was kind of like you know, from simple things like you know, you know, the thick Arabic accent, you know, you know, the, you know that, that that sounds evil, even to the way, you know, um, you know, the Arab actors, like you know, uh, the Arab actors. In the animated film, looked you know craggly, big noses, that type of thing. And if you notice, everybody in you know like I mean, a lot of the Arabs in the in in the 1992 animated film kind of had kind of big kind of you know big uh, this kind of ugly features, you know, the very yeah. stereotypical feature of the Arab world. But if you look at Yasmin and you look at Aladdin himself, they, they were they were drawn very Western. 
yes. almost a kind of Western. Right. You know, you know, even the way that they spoke, everybody in the Aladdin film, you know, you know, had kind of again this that thick accent. But but in but lo and behold, Aladdin, you know, and Jasmine had a clear, dulcet American tone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, and you know, we don't pick up these things. I mean, when that film came out, there was a lot of uproar about that as well. It wasn't like people forgot about it for twenty years and suddenly thought, oh, hey, you know. It, I mean, that film kind of faced a lot of criticism, and I think in the new version, I wrote a piece for the National, just kind of talking about the five ways that this new Aladdin film is basically less, less racist. Yes. You know, than the, than the, I mean, let's, let's, call, let's call it for what it is. So, the, the, so, so if, if, if I go through them with you, number the first one mm. is like, unlike the first film, the Arabic accent isn't used, you know, as a marker of evil, yeah. you know. So, and that comes, you know, from, you know, the characters. I mean, a lot of the, a, a, a lot of the good things about this film is that it, it discusses things of honor. It discusses topics of, of forgiveness. And it's all done, you know, by this multicultural cast. Right. The second thing, the, the racist lyrics of the original has been removed. One of the biggest problems, you know, of the original Aladdin was the song Arabian Nights. Yes. Now, yeah, yeah. Agrabah now, gets described Agrabah. as the land exactly. where they cut off your ear if they don't like your face. And it's barbaric, but hey, it's home. And, yeah, so <laughs> and it was just so, ha- you know, joyful. Like it was just like, hey ho, kind of yeah. sung. And the, thing, and the thing is what happened with that. When, when as soon as that came on, you know, a lot of the you know the, um, uh, public advocates, you know, mm. got you know went, were really upset, yeah. and they lobbied hard to um, um, Disney. So what happened is Disney dropped that reference of um, um, the, um, the, um, the barbaric. And they, so they should, yeah. Yeah. So they dropped that from the video mm. video mm. version, but they kept the it's barbaric part. You know, right, so, right. Yeah, so yeah, so mm. yeah, so the new version is. I mean, the new version kind of went the more exotic route. Yeah, you know, you can smell every spice while you haggle the price of the silks and the <laughs> satin shawls. I mean, look, I mean, this film is very, very exotified of the Arab world, but it's a fantasy, so I'll let that go. I rather, I, 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 I can live with that. Right, right. You no, know? I'm, I'm loving reading your articles on the movie and really looking forward to seeing it with my girls over the age holidays. Uh, but coming up next, uh, I want to move on to something that's uh, quite exciting. Netflix adapting novels by legendary Egyptian suspense author uh, Ahmed Khalid Tawfiq. Let's talk about that next. Uh, Said Said is with us from The National. It is Live Beats. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Live Beats podcast. Live Beats, Live Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. We're talking all things arts and culture with Saeed. Saeed from the National Saeed. Exciting news coming out of Netflix as well. They are adapting novels by the legendary Egyptian suspense author Ahmed Khalid Tawfiq. This is quite exciting. A new upcoming Arabic original series called Paranormal. Tell, tell us more. Yes, so um, Netflix is steadily um, building um, its um, Arabic original content um, you know, on the site. So, so basically, they're now they're waiting its way into Egyptian drama, you know, with this Arabic original series, Paranormal. They've so had uh, a th- uh, Emirati series on there. You've had uh, Jin as well uh, from Jordan. So, yeah, they are building it up. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, so Paranormal is based on the celebrated book series 
by um, the late Egyptian author Ahmed Khalid Tawfiq. Mm. So, so it, it basically, it looks like a bit of a series similar to the Twilight Zone. Right. You know, it's kind of the, the plot is set in the 1960s and centers on the chemitologist Dr. Rifat Ismail, you know, whose life, I guess, increasingly takes on a supernatural turn. So basically, each kind of episode, you know, kind of talks about, you know, a different aspect of the supernatural. We don't know yet whether each episode is linked to each other or just other standalone episodes, but we'll find out when it comes. But this is really interesting as well because for me, what interests me is that finally, um, um, Ahmed Khal Tawfiq is getting some respect in his name. A lot of the time, science, science fi um, authors in the Arab world don't have the same respect as, you know, sci-fi authors in the West. And, you know, and, you know, he published more than 200 novels of sci-fi. It's incredible. So he's, like the, so he's like the grandfather of the Arabic sci-fi scene. So I'm glad, you know, that he's being his work is being acknowledged in this great medium that is Netflix. You know, and hopefully that can, that can kind of encourage more people to read his work, which is published also in English, by the way, and genuinely and, and genuinely just, you know, have respect for this growing scene, this growing genre in Arabic and literature. This follows Jin. You know, um, the Petra Set Supernatural series, which will premiere in Netflix um, on June the 13th, which is, you know, which is very close as well. So there's a lot of cool stuff happening here in, in Netflix and for the Arab world. You know, it's really interesting that you say uh, sci-fi doesn't really have the same respect in the Arab world that it does uh, in Western literature. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, it's it, it's a funny thing because it's not like this is a kind of a modern phenomena. I mean, like like, like I mean, or, or a sense that this is this is totally new to the Arab world. Mm. I mean, if even look at the um, to the poetry, you know, of the Arab world, or even the Gulf, you know, the supernatural, you know, the Shabbat, you know, yes. like the ghosts, you know, feature very very heavily, you know, you know, in these things. So, I mean, it seems to me that discussions of ghosts and the supernatural is okay when it comes to poetry, you know, mm-hmm. but when it comes to um, Arabic. Fiction, which has, which, which, which has always been docked, I kind of find, with this idea that it has to be kind of serious, you know, you know a studious piece of work. It never really works. I mean, yeah, so I kind of find that, um, you know, at least like, you know, with this, you know, with Paranormal, can kind of let people get, get a new generation of young readers who basically would rather read Western novels because they're more accessible than right. Arabic novels because they feel that it's more dense and it's more technical and it's just frankly, not fun. It will be very interesting to see how they translate uh, his work onto the screen as well. Uh, Netflix tend to do quite well when they do uh, adaptations like this, don't they? I mean, I think because they get the right people yes. behind it, and you know, and bringing you know this novel or this series to the small screen when it comes to paranormal is a really ambitious duo. We're talking about the Egyptian producer and the Cairo International Film Festival president Mohammed Hafsi. He's a bit of a maverick when it comes to the you know to the to the Arabic film scene, and the direct and one and one of the directors is um, Amr Salama, um, who released um, Sheikh Jackson. Mm. You know, the really interesting Egyptian film last year, you know, you know, that, you know, that was nominated for, um, for Oscar for foreign film. So, um, so in the sense that you know, we have really two interesting, um, you know, young, you know, young people from the Arab world. So I think they'll bring a new vision to this. It's all in the collaborations, but uh, coming closer to home right here in Sharjah, there's a lot uh, that happens uh, throughout the year, uh, but particularly now as well in the month of Ramadan. Uh, we've got uh, productions at Al Qasba. 
Yes, that's right. You know, I mean, anything about Kasba is great. Yes. But, you know, this, this has a picturesque family, and you won't get more of a family vibe um, happening on, on the 5th of June. So basically, this, um, this, area, this area is going to be showing um, a, a pantomime type of classic show of Cinderella. So yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, sh- be two shows staged on the 5th of June at 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. You know, so so and it, and also on the seventh of June, I just, I just I just got this now at three p.m. and five p.m. So it's a show for the whole family. Uh, Cinderella will be produced in pantomime form, so I expect there'll be some fun and joy for all involved. Oh, fantastic! We love it. That's going to make everyone's aid. What a gorgeous location as well, Al Khasba, right? Absolutely, it's like it, look. It is whenever I go to Sharjah, this is a, a must-go to destination. Even the like you know, even the food area. There's a lot of yes. great food options in that place. I mean, it's definitely like you know, it, it, you need some time. You do, you there. do, you do. Spend, come spend your Eid in Sharjah. We're still waiting for you to make your way, Mr. Said, out here to Sharjah as well. We can't wait for you to join us live in the studio. We're going to make well, it happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, well, you know, well, this is the thing because I mean, I mean, things are going to get really, really busy. You know, I mean, as soon as the summer break ends, you know, because with the Sharjah World Book Capital, yes, you know, happening, there's going to be a lot of events happening in Sharjah. So, um, yeah, so I'll be going down Sheikh Zayed Road plenty of times. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I look forward to. You. We got We got to have you on. Um, I, I keep thinking we got to have you on our new segment, which happens weekly. We have a new guest on every every week. It's called the Page Turner, where we discuss books that have had the biggest impact on your life. And I tell you what, we've had some incredible titles, incredible authors that have been mentioned so far. It's becoming fast becoming my favorite segment of the week because Amazing. you just discover all kinds of new perspectives. You know, we discuss all kinds of books. We just had uh, Afra Atik on the show this week uh, where we talked about, uh, interestingly, you know, she's an incredible slam poet, Amazing. right? Uh, yeah. But she actually discussed one of her favorite books is the Bible of His Highness uh, Sheikh Dr. Sultan and she's read that and she was like this is incredible it's phenomenal um, and definitely one to read but we talked about the dictionary I mean oh. wh- how many times have you thought about the dictionary as an influential book right? And that's right, and, 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 it, and it actually makes sense, you know, because yeah. I mean, Afratik is quite dexterous, you know, in oh. her styles. Oh. I mean, she takes, I mean, she takes words and kind of presents them in a different way. So it actually makes total sense. She's phenomenal, and she, uh, she in fact ended the show with one of her amazing, amazing poems. That's uh, up on our podcast. But yep, I'm holding it to it, holding you to it, Said. I'm putting Absolutely. it out on the air. You got to come on. We're got to do it because I know you are somebody who loves books as well, loves authors uh so we got a lot to talk about my man i look forward to seeing it soon <laughs> amazing thank you so much happy aid by the way have a fantastic aid break uh i hope you enjoy it i hope you do great things and get a lot of rest because you're very very busy Yes, that's right. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, this Aid was more busier than normal because of the Aladdin yes. situation. <laughs> so I watched that film twice already. So I, uh, so I think I want to spend my Eid bake in my pajamas and sleeping for Fantastic. a long time. Fantastic. <laughs> well, enjoy, my friend. Enjoy. And we're looking forward to catching up with you after that. Take care. My best to the team. Take care. Thank you so much. That is, of course, Saeed Saeed of the National Arts and Culture Reporter there, always giving us the best of what is happening, what is going on. And uh, that's it for us here on Life Beats. We're going to be back with you again from Sunday, 10 a.m. Have a fabulous weekend, and we'll see you then.
This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10am.